Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host via St. Louis, Missouri, Joey Nochoprano. Midwest Podcast. Qu- the quality of life episode. How is the quality of life in the STL? Well, the quality of life is fine, but the quality of my video is really bothering me. If any dirtballs out there are tech nerds and can tell me why Andy's 2013 MacBook looks crystal clear and this 2020 MacBook looks garbage, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that is interesting. Now, it's been that way ever since you got the computer? Yeah, I don't know, like... I'm now in St. Louis, which is obviously different Wi-Fi. I'm I'm wondering if it's like a Wi-Fi quality, but you're I'm on Spectrum right now and at home, and you're on Spectrum when you're in LA. Usually have pretty good face audio face quality then too. So I don't know what's going on. Probably a software issue. Well, these, these computer companies letting their products slide while they rape us all of money but it was like that when you got it right yeah so it sounds like you need to go to apple oh wait every apple store is closed actually the one in st louis because i had to look it up for locations that were open a few select ones are open and i believe the one at the galleria in st louis is open looks like we're going to the galleria yeah well, Prano, you, you you survived without me for a week. You had you had Laz and then Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> I know I let somebody down by not doing the Maddie. Yeah. Goldberg was on. We didn't go live, um, and I'm glad we didn't because the first few minutes I was on with Maddie, he was talking just like this. The last one hour and fifteen minutes, it was just this. <laughs> It was just a. It was just Maddie leaned into the computer. I don't know if he thinks that the audio comes out of the camera, but he had his ear pressed up against it, and I'm like, "Why am I looking at Matt?" And you know what? There's so many things with Maddie. I didn't even bother to be like, "You know what? I'm, I've been looking at your ear for an hour." Yeah, I. And then at the end, at the end he's like, "My mom's mad at me." <laughs> like, why is your mom mad at you? I was wondering how he was going to do with the technical issues or setup, so to speak. And uh, it sounds like he did it in full Goldberg fashion. Yeah. I feel like I should have just had a poker game going and then been like, we're doing a Zoom call for poker and played heads up poker with him the whole time because I know he can manage to do that very easily. Then when it comes to just doing a podcast and not having cards on a screen in the background, he's... He's leaning into it like he's trying to listen to a seashell. Well, hearing Maddie pronounce Giannis, Spolestra, Giannis, Giannis, like it gave me, obviously, I had a very 
stressful week last week and it's still very stressful, but hearing, listening to that as I was actually driving to the hospital gave me so many laughs just because I, I, I could mentally picture you just kind of, because we did the spolestra. I was like, how, you know, how many years has Eric Spolstra been the coach of the heat at this point? Like not knowing Antetokounmpo is one thing, but not knowing Spolstra, not knowing Giannis. I mean, he's sitting there going, Giannis still. And yeah. We had already done Spolestra. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let him keep saying Giannis. And I'm going to let the, I think the dirt balls have figured out that I certainly know it's Giannis. And uh, Maddie's still in like year one of Giannis where he's just like, the Greek freak. I don't want to say his name. What is it? G- 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 Giannis? Yeah. It, it was it was so funny. Very funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to give some love to the dirt balls, uh, all the kind words and all the prayers and thoughts. Uh, quick update: my dad is still uh, he's still in the ICU, so it's obviously very serious. He's been in the ICU since last Tuesday. He's been in the hospital since Sunday. So um, it's a fight. COVID's no joke, guys. So uh, appreciate all the kind words. And obviously this has been a very stressful last 10 days for my family and year, as we all know, it's, it's been hell. Um, but got to stay positive. And, and, and I know that's cliche, but, you know, you have to. So and much- right now, right now, Walt's pretty stable and things are, you guys are optimistic. Yeah, we are. Like, like I said, it's going to be a long fight. He's been stable for about a week um, now. But, uh, yeah, he, he, needs, he needs to start believing in the mind-body connection, which I know he yeah. hates, and he's such a cantankerous old man. But that is real. I know yeah. he's not going to watch this, but that is real, and hopefully he believes. It just sucks. I know people hear a lot of things, but I, do, I just want to say – when someone has COVID, I don't know if everybody's fully aware of this. You cannot see that person. So I have been unable, my family, friends, no one has been able to see my dad, which really sucks. So, and, I, and I know a lot of people have probably heard that throughout the last couple months. But when you're living, it, it's got to be pretty tough. You're worrying day and night about your dad and you can't see him and you can't, you know, go in even like short visiting hours or whatever and get updates. And the other thing that I think, you know, is important for you to share, because I still see a lot of our, you know, dirt balls. I see a lot of people that maybe used to work on this show for a second, uh, sharing certain things. I have a feeling that the young electrician's assistant uh, that contact traced is the person who gave it to your dad probably not in intensive care and uh, is probably doing okay. And uh, meanwhile, they pass it on to your dad. And now, you know, your whole family is on the edge of their seat worrying sick about your father and will he make it or will he not? And uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, if you're young, you're going to be fine. And if you're old, then fucking stay the fuck home. And your dad's old and your dad stayed the fuck home. Yeah. So exactly. So guys, I mean, 
you know, I don't think I've been too preachy. I've, I've said to wear a mask before, but I mean, this is why. It's exactly why. It's not about yourself and it's not about even someone like Joe or, or me at our age. It's just about not giving it to somebody else if you don't know you have symptoms. And, and that's real. And obviously I'm dealing with that. And it's, it's really not a political issue for me. It never has been. And I've, I've vented frustration for sure if you listen to past podcasts, but it was more for how it's been handled on some of the, from the politician angle. But yeah, it's, it's real guys. It's not about, it's really not about yourself. It's about protecting people at risk, whether it's old people or people who have other health issues, which includes my sister-in-law. It's, it's about people who, if they get COVID, it's very serious and life-threatening. So just, and, and just I, remember I think, that. I think people just don't, you know, you, you really got to think about it but it's not that hard if you do think about it. Like the number of people that you come into contact with on any given day, even in these times when we're socially distancing and when we're not going out as much and we're not doing as much, you still have contact with a lot of people, random people here and there, you know, that, that you don't even realize, you know, I'm, I pretty much like even yesterday, I went golfing yesterday. Um, you know, that's outside, but at one point, you know, I was within 10 feet of a, the starter on the golf course. He was an older guy. I still had my mask on until we got out, out, out on the course. You know, like that guy's seeing a bunch of people come by every day and he's certainly old. Like, it's just, you don't think about it too much. And, and I think it's really kind of uh, shameful the way, obviously, it's become a political thing and that it's sensationalized by the media. And, you know, now there's dipshits who are like, Nah, it doesn't fucking, it's not real. November, it'll be gone. I have a feeling your dad isn't uh, actively, you know, campaigning against one of the presidential candidates. I have a feeling that's not what he's doing in the ICU. Yeah, and, and, and the reality is when he gets out, I mean, this is, this, as we all know, like, this is no joke. Like, like, we're all hoping for the best, obviously, and we're remaining positive. But, I mean, the road to recovery is... Is, is beyond him getting out of the hospital. Oh, wait, like, like way beyond. Like, the truth is I'm going to be taking care of my dad for a, a while. And, and who knows for how long. And, um, you know, all because he was in contact with somebody who had it who was much younger and they didn't wear a mask. You, you know, the whole thing is, is it's almost surreal, to be honest. Um, and... Anyway, I, I just wanted to get that out there again, but big thanks to all the dirtballs. You guys have always been the best and, and seriously so much love when I've really needed it. And uh, I really dig the positivity and cannot thank you guys enough for all that. With all that being said, we, do, we are here to talk some sports, Joe. Well, we, you know, when, when we talk about people uh, who are not well, and we were talking uh, about Maddie's guy, Giannis before seems like that's an appropriate place to start the uh the bucks down 3-1 with an, their only win coming with an injured Giannis sidelined now i'll just be frank obviously last week i did not watch too many sports uh because i was dealing with you know everything with my family and my father what uh and i listened to, and i thought you maddie did a great job and you and Laz did a great job 
What's your takeaway? I know we talked about the Pippen thing and you talked about the Pippen thing. Like, what's your takeaway with the Bucks moving forward? Because let's just, let's just assume this series is done. Um, well, look, I, I don't know if I said if, if, you know, I first conceptualized this on the show or if I've just been talking to people about it after. I mean, I know we talked the whole Pippen thing. Um, uh, if, if I'm repeating myself, my apologies, but whatever. I've repeated myself a million times on this show. Um, I think when you look at what Giannis is to the Bucks, I still believe that the, that Giannis can be the best player on a championship team. And I said, I don't know again, if I said it during the episode with Maddie or not, but his, his role more than a Pippin, I think reminds me of what could be like a Tim Duncan. Yeah. You said that. That was great. I like that. Tim, Tim Duncan was without a doubt, the best player on all the Spurs championship teams. Now, you could say, you know, Kawhi won the finals MVP and Tony Parker won the finals MVP. But if you even look in those seasons, Tim Duncan was the most efficient, the most valuable player on those teams. Now, in those finals, Tony Parker and Kawhi came up big with big scoring games, which obviously tend to win you awards, and with big shots, which tend to win you awards. I think that Giannis could absolutely be that guy on a Bucs team. And honestly, I think that they have um, a lot of good pieces around him. And I don't think they're that far away from being a championship team. I really just think that right now, uh, Spolstra and the Heat have come in with a strategy to stop Giannis, and it's working. And, you know, they're caught off guard. I don't think that necessarily means that this team is flawed uh, in in roster. I think maybe it's just you got to be – you have to be ahead of the curve with how people are going to attack you and have a plan or at least be able to adjust to a team attacking you. And they have not been able to do that. And let's not forget, I know they've had the best record the last two years as a team. Giannis is still, what, 25? Yeah. I think we lose perspective when the greats were winning. I mean, there's been exceptions. There's been the Larry Birds, the Magic Johnsons, guys who've won titles really young. With but exceptional teams. I was going to say, with, with stacked with, you teams. Know, being, being, we're, we're long removed from a top one, two draft pick going to a team that's already competitive. Now, Giannis wasn't a top one, two draft pick. He's obviously been in the league a while because he you know, came from Europe and got to start younger, but he's still young. And that's my point. You know, Michael Jordan, LeBron, we, we see these guys, they weren't sniffing titles at 25. I, I just think we need to remember that and keep that into perspective when talking about him. And that's not to make excuses for him, but it's a reality. And it takes time to go deep in the playoffs. And obviously this year is unlike any other year because of the bubble and everything else going on. So I also really just think it's a strategy problem that the Bucks have had the whole year. But like I said, they feast on bad teams in the East 
they feast on, you know, some of the bad teams, even from the West that they face throughout the year, they are built in a way where he is so dominant and they do have so many role players around them that they really don't have to have a great strategy to win your typical Tuesday night against the Hawks basketball game and blow them out. All you have to do is look at Giannis minutes for the year. The guy plays 30 minutes a game. He's not playing 40 like LeBron. He's not playing 40 like Harden. That means that they're running teams out of the gym on talent alone, which because they're a very talented team, but I don't think they have a very high brow offense and Spolstra who again, for the second episode in a row, third episode in a row, I'm going to give props to. I've seen growth in Eric Spolstra as a coach. You know, I was like, what, what is he really in the past few years? But he's been exceptional in attacking them defensively. He's been exceptional in creating an offense around the guys that he does have. And I think if you swap coaches on this team, it's 3-1 bucks. Yeah, and during the regular season, I believe Miami was 3-0. and So this isn't an anomaly, them dominating right. the series. They dominated them during the regular season. They knew this was going to be a matchup problem. And it's playing out exactly how it did during the regular season. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I, I think, you, you know, Spalestra flies under the radar a lot. I, I just love saying that. I know. Spalestra may cause anal leakage. <laughs> but I think he is showing that he's a lot better coach than people have given him credit for, especially since, you know, he had the big three in, uh, you know, about 10 years ago during that, that run. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things though, where everyone's already chirping about Giannis leaving. Like he needs to leave. He needs to get out of here. He's, you know, I just think that that would be – what are the Bucs going to do? You know what I mean? If you're the Bucs, how do you let him leave? Well, I don't think you can. Then, this is your plan? Your plan is we can't we, – you know, we've won. We've had the best record two regular seasons in a row, and we haven't done well. So we let the guy who's winning the MVP go, and we rebuild around what? Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez? It's like – I actually, again – think that their roster is pretty much there i mean yeah. I, I think if you have a guy and and middleton showed that he could step up uh with Giannis out i think if you got a guy who is a pure you know get a bucket guy or if you find a way for the chris middleton types to become that guy with Giannis on the floor the same way the spurs made Kawhi that guy and made Tony Parker that guy while Tim Duncan was on the floor. You know, people always assume as a Knicks fan that I have always been that like I must be a Jeff Van Gundy stan. And I've said it on the show. I like Jeff Van Gundy as a person. I love him as an announcer. I'm sure he'd be a great guy to hang out with. But as a coach, I thought he was not great as a Knicks coach because that you know, Bill Simmons has this Ewing theory with the Knicks. Oh, when Ewing's out, the Knicks are better. I actually don't believe that the Knicks would have been better with Ewing out, except for the fact that Van Gundy insisted when Ewing was out there to run the offense through Ewing. And at some point, especially in the modern NBA, 
going down to a big on the block when you need a bucket is, is putting yourself in a position to be doubled and stacked and boxed and whatever that you don't have to deal with on the perimeter. And that's why perimeter guys are dominating the NBA. Uh, um, Greg Popovich wasn't like, we need a bucket. I guess we got to give it to Timmy on the block and hope he hits a turnaround bank shot. Yeah. Well, let's move to the other games in the Eastern Conference. Boston took a 3-2 lead last night after uh, a pretty nice win against Toronto after Toronto had come back with two straight wins. You see Boston closing this out, or you see this going seven? I see this going seven. I, I, and I said, that, I said that last week when they were down 2-0. I said this series isn't over. I just feel like uh, Toronto's got too much fight in them. And I feel like they're, they, they have, they've built a winning culture there. And I really don't think the talent discrepancy is that wide. And I don't think the coaching discrepancy is that wide. And you saw you're down 2-0, easy to roll over. Um, so, again, you think about 3-2 is as close as a series can be. You know, that's what they always – it doesn't matter who went up 2-1. If somebody was up 3-1, 3-2, 3-0 – it, it, if you're down 3-0 in a series and you come back and get a 3-2, it's as close as the series can be. I see Toronto winning game six. Now, uh, the, by no means a guarantee. Boston could very easily come out and beat them by 11 again. But I, I just think that this is going to be a dogfight of a series. I see it going seven. And then, you know, in game seven, take it away, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Boston, Boston has so much talent, though, you know, as far as depth. Would you say Boston has the best depth along with the Clippers as far as the whole league's concerned? Yeah, I would say, I would say along with the Clippers. And, and uh, look, you look at the guys that have been stepping up for the Heat lately, too, though. Like, the Heat are pretty deep when you consider the, the way a lot of their role players have been playing. I mean, the, the, the end of that game, Hero making – However many shots he made in a row down the stretch. Duncan Robinson's been awesome. Um, Kelly, uh, by, by the way, Miami, really, really well representing for all the white guys out there. Kelly yeah, Olnick, yeah. Robinson, Hero. Crowder. Crowder's been great. Like, Is he white? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying no, as far as role players go. But, like, those guys are stepping up. Like, Jay Crowder has been, you know, hot and cold kind of throughout his career. He's playing some of his best basketball. like. The depth in name talent is probably the deepest with the Clippers. But you look at these guys stepping it up, you're like, the Heat are pretty deep too now. One more thing about the Heat, and I had to look this up. Udonis Haslam is 106 years old. He's yeah. still on the team. Yeah, I'm surprised when they had Udonis Haslam that they didn't just go ahead and sign Tim Thomas. Or, uh, yeah, was it Tim T Kurt Thomas? Tim Thomas is old too, but I'm surprised yeah. they didn't have Kurt Thomas in there and just get like the twin towers of elderly. You, Udonis Haslam, and I know he's not playing or getting PT. He's 41. It's great. 41. Good for Udonis Haslam. You know what's so amazing about his? That's how his, old I am. I know. Can you imagine playing in the NBA? No. You I know played so, I played golf yesterday. I'm sore. You know what's so? You know what's so amazing about Udonis Haslam's stats? which makes his longevity in the NBA career even more impressive to me. Joe, he has never 
averaged, I'm looking at his stats right now, more than 12 points a game. He's, he's been yeah, in the that's, not, that's not his role. No, I, I know. He's a vampire, and he's a rebounding and defensive vamp- vampire. But even rebounds, like he's never averaged. He doesn't. He's not sucking. Like the, the, the blood for him isn't buckets. He's not sucking blood buckets. He's sucking blood rebounds. This guy's grabbing rebounds, and, and he will live forever. But even that, he's never even averaged 10 rebounds in a season in his whole career. Yeah. I'm saying, like, Udonis Haslam, what I find so remarkable about him statistically is he has the most mediocre stats to just string along. He's been playing since 2002. Like, like it's impressive yeah. for him to still be in the league. And he's making a couple mil this year. I want- it's good living for a vampire. Oh, it's, it's great living. So let's move on to the Western Conference. We have the Lakers and Houston at 1-1. And a, a great game last night, which I, I, I caught the fourth quarter of the Nuggets-Clippers. Hard-fought series so far. Yeah. Clippers came out, dominate game one. Charles Barkley, again, as he does, wrongly guarantees a sweep. It's over. They won't win a single game. Uh, the Nuggets, dude, the Nuggets have a lot of talent. The Nuggets have a great offensive personality. Uh, I really think the Nuggets, and I said this about them last year, but I'll say it again. They're the Braves of the NBA. They're young. They're talented. They're playing a little bit above their heads. uh, But they're really good. But you see it last night. I mean, they win game two. They're in the game last night. They're up for a while last night. And then it just seemed like they lost – their mojo down the stretch just seems like the moment got a little too big for them. Uh, the pressure got a little bit too big for them. And, you know, they, they didn't have, they didn't have a strong offensive personality going down the stretch and they had moments of brilliance, especially in the third quarter, Jokic hitting uh, like, I think three, three pointers in a row. They were working that high pick and roll to perfection and then they just, like, get away from it. Uh, it's like, keep going to the well, because I know everybody's saying this Clippers team, oh, they're Clippers defense, it's Clippers defense. You have Pat Beverly back. Clippers ain't playing that great of defense. Everybody wants to suck the Clippers' dicks defensively, and everybody wants to shit on my Mike D'Antoni defensively. I mean, the, the Rockets are running circles around the Clippers defensively in this playoffs. Running circles around them. Well, the Clippers have just never played up with their potential this year. I know they've battled a lot of injuries. At, at some we, point, you gotta it, you gotta it, ask what that potential really is. Well, you guys talked about it last episode. You and Maddie, Doc Rivers, he's just not getting the most out of his players, and that's on the coach. So to me, that's the potential. You you do have a lot of really good and quality players quality role players he's just he's just not getting in my opinion the most because to me on paper they're by far the best team in the nba but also on paper they should be extremely problematic for the nuggets i agree the nuggets softer off like super offense uh you know they're getting the majority of their scoring in the last series, uh, one guy, uh, they're running uh, again. I, why they got away from what was working 
is one thing. But the other question is the idea that a high pick and roll with Murray and Jokic is working like they're playing high school ball. Where is this Paul George, Kawhi, the stoppers? They get through every screen. They lock, they're lockdown wing defenders. Now, look, Murray hasn't played scoring-wise at the level he played in the Utah series. And sure, that's, that's a testament to the wing defenders in the backcourt for the Clippers. But I'm just talking about stopping the other team from scoring. They haven't been this well, defense well, Joe, wins well, championships team. I know, but hold on. The, the most defining moment of last night's game at crunch time was a defensive stop by Kawhi, the block on Murray shot that, or, that he's trying to dunk. That's, that's totally fine. And good, good for Kawhi Leonard. My point is this has been – this is a 1-1 series and has a tight game three. And the idea that, oh, well, the Clippers play this lockdown defense and now they've completely you know, made Murray ineffective and this series is over. It's just not the way. Yeah, that game came down to a tip of a finger Kawhi Leonard block. I'm just saying, where is this lockdown defense? They're certainly not the 90s Knicks. By the way, Reggie's, Reggie Miller's boner. For like happening, happening with the middle finger. And he like, just kept saying, the middle finger, the middle. There was so much innuendo with the middle finger. Yeah. And Reggie, I, I, ima- I imagine if the camera on him, he would have been like, you know, the bird. It's like, we know Goose. Who was he calling the game with last night? Was that Kevin Harlan? Yeah, I don't – probably. Whoever it was, he even made a kind of like a sarcastic comment because Reggie just kept – he's like, I saw it, Reggie. Like, yeah. Like, like, we saw it live. Yeah. Can, can we get another replay of that? His middle finger is just slightly grazing the ball. Fun game to watch. Obviously, that's going to be a fun series, six or seven games. And – uh I don't know. I just, in my head, I keep thinking the Clippers are going to put it together and play great team basketball and go on runs for multiple games in a row. It's just, we just haven't seen it yet. I think that the Clippers win this series on talent alone. Uh, but again, like, and, and look, they could potentially win a Lakers series or a Rockets series on talent alone. But I think that when you look at, the Clippers going forward, they are going to have to find a new gear to beat either team that comes out of the other series. Yeah. So we're 1-1, Lakers and Rockets. Game two, the Lakers had a big lead. Houston went on that amazing run in the third quarter, regained the lead after being down by 16 or 17, and then the Lakers closed it out at the end. What are our, what are our thoughts after two games in a, side, a tied series? Well – you know, I, I think that this is also going to be a good series. I think people underestimate have underestimated this Rockets team uh, for a long time. Uh, I still, as I said last week, I still think the Rockets could solve a lot of their offensive problems by getting Russell Westbrook off the floor with Harden. I just think that you can effectively manage their minutes and manage their, the, offense, the weird offensive lulls they go through by not having them play together. I just think, I, I understand that Mike D'Antoni's been given, you know, a, a piece of steak and a piece of salmon and been told to make a surf and turf dinner with no other ingredients. But fuck, 
serve one of your guests a full steak and serve one of your guests a full salmon. You don't need to fucking put these two on the plate together. Steak and salmon, it don't work. It don't go together. So I, I, I just think that the Rockets could – it's not going to happen. Uh, if there was a guy who would have the balls to do it, it'd be Mike D'Antoni, but I just don't think – I just don't think he's going to put his job on the line making a decision like that, nor is he going to want to fuck up his locker room because I don't think Russ would take that very well. But um, I think that their offensive problems, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and when one of those guys gets cold, what, you know, they're not the, – the Rockets can really get stagnant offensively and if they're not hitting their threes. That well, being, exactly. You live and die by the three, right? Yeah. That being said – uh, I think that they're a dangerous team for this Lakers team because a lot of what the Lakers do defensively is completely, you know, canceled out by going small. Uh, D- Dwight Howard doesn't get minutes. JaVale yeah. McGee doesn't get minutes. You're, you're not able to, st- you know, stack the middle of your defense and get these big rebound guys getting the ball out to LeBron in transition. Uh, this small ball – Longer rebounds, less less happening in the paint. Um, it is a nice diversion from what the Lakers like to do, but I still think when it all comes down to it, the single best player in the series is head and shoulders above the rest is LeBron James, and he's on the Lakers. And honestly, probably the second best is Anthony Davis because Harden is so spotty. Yeah. I mean, Davis, yeah, with, with those guys, he, you know, you got to be just dominating. Those guys are so small in the Rockets. That, that's, that's the question mark for the Lakers. You know, if, if you're Anthony Davis, you – You got to get 35-15 every night. You should be doing more. You should be doing more. I mean, the, the Rockets came back, and then LeBron James took the game over. Sure. And just kept going to the basket. And, and LeBron James pulled them away. Yeah. And – it's great to have the best player to ever play the game on your team to be able to do that. But you're going to need to find a little bit more, especially going forward. You're going to need to have a little bit more of, okay, they don't have a big man. Our big man needs to dominate. And if you can't pull that off, I mean, look at going forward to a Clipper series. I said it before who on the Clippers guards, Anthony Davis, you know, I love a matchup problem of trotting out Zubats to guard Anthony Davis. And then Harrell, yeah. But if, but if not, not if Anthony Davis isn't scoring on P.J. Tucker. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Anthony Davis needs to get, and I know it's a different game and it's not the same type of player, but he needs to become Shaq dominant. And, again, it was a different game and Shaq was just – but Anthony Davis is that good offensively. He's that skilled. He needs to have the 40-point games all the time, like Shaq used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I noticed about the bubble? I mean, which the, I, the people that are – go ahead. No, go ahead what you were going to say. I was going to say the people that are, like, you know, arguing, like, oh, the Lakers are good again, or Lakers are dominating because Anthony Davis is carrying LeBron. It's just, like, it's, it's a bad take. And if you look at it, Anthony Davis drifts outside and becomes a face-to-basket guy a lot of the time. He and does. Shoots, and shoots threes, and is trying to take people off the dribble. And, you know, just even the pick-and-roll game, like, it, it's just 
it's so much like when you watch Murray and Jokic running the pick and roll and it ends up with, you know, Jokic shooting threes. Okay. That's an acceptable offense for Jokic when he's going against Zubats and when he's going against Montrez. But if you're Anthony Davis, you've got to be dominating the PJ Tuckers on the block. Yeah, you I have want, to be. I want four to five dunks a game. Yeah. Easily. You know what I've liked about the bubble? I've noticed, and I, I know they have a barbershop there. Everyone, everyone's looking – the hair is looking all fresh on the players. Oh, yeah. A lot of good braids, a lot of good cornrows. I, I like seeing that. I think that's a, that's a clean, smooth look. And I hope that they're keeping that look down below on their junk and using some manscaped in the bubble, Joe. Yeah, guys, the NBA is in the bubble, and I know – they're trying to look as fresh as possible. And I know Manscaped will help those guys, and it'll help you guys. Manscaped, one of our supporting sponsors of the show. I use the Lawnmower 3.0. Joe uses it. I brought it with me to Cincinnati to help clean my junk up down below. They have so many great products. They got the Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit, tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes the tip tweezers, the rounded point scissors, fingernail clip, Clippers, and a medium grit nail file. They have so many great products, guys. In fact, all listeners of our show get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code DIRTY. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front junk. Prano, are you, are you there? I am. Shave that front junk, everybody. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I think we were having internet connection problems for a minute we are i think we're all good now okay all good all right joe let's talk a little nfl sure got some big news i mean week one is two days from now it's crazy right it's crazy well deshaun watson got a go ahead it feels like when we talk covid stuff and we talk how long we've been doing this since march like doesn't it feel like March was 25 years ago. Oh, my God. What's been crazy about this year is it feels like it's lasted five years, but it also feels – But it also feels like how is football here again? Yeah, I totally agree. So Deshaun Watson got a new contract, and he is going to be stuck with Bill O'Brien for a minute. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that that's true, but he's going to be stuck in Texas for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. I, I, I know that Bill O'Brien's made some decent moves uh, in locking up Deshaun Watson, and they, while he is the second highest paid quarterback per season now, I believe, behind Mahomes, it's still a relatively good cheap deal for the Texans and how long it lasted and how much it had to be guaranteed and all that stuff. It's, it's a decent deal for them. And that's great. You wanted to lock Deshaun Johnson, sorry, Deshaun Watson up. And, uh, but at the same time, they let Hopkins go. Bill O'Brien is suspect at best. And if they don't start winning games, I mean, if they don't appear in a deep playoff game again. Yeah. So how do you stick with Bill O'Brien? Yeah. You're playing an AFC championship game. 
You think that's what they need? I, look, I think that they need to fire Bill O'Brien three years ago. I think Bill O'Brien sucks. I think Bill O'Brien is a boob. I think Bill O'Brien has been successful solely on the talent that he has and not at all to do with his coaching. I think he's a bad, bad, bad football coach. I think he's been bad at every level. I think he embarrasses himself regularly on the football field. I think that they should have fired him forever ago. But, like, you you got to go back to what does this guy achieve that he continues to co- – like, what is the goal here? The goal is yeah. just to win the AFC South and not be great in the playoffs and get rid of all your good players and, ha- and blow games on coaching alone. Bill O'Brien stinks. Who wins that division? It's a very competitive division. Now you have Phillip Rivers and Indy. Obviously, Tennessee was a surprise last year. Made it all the way to AFC Championship. Now they've added Clowney to that defense. I honestly think – I mean, it, you, you got to talk always about health, but I think if the Titans are healthy, I think the Titans build on what they did last year and they win that division. And obviously, we'll, we'll preview everything Thursday, which is – you know, the opening day for the NFL season. But I, I think that the Texans take a step back. I mean, you cannot – you really can't under, you know, estimate losing DeAndre Hopkins. No. And great for Deshaun Watson. He's great. He's a young star. He is so fun to watch. I thought he was going to be a bust. I was wrong. He's, he's been absolutely amazing. But, yeah. I'm glad he got that guaranteed money. Got a lot of guaranteed money, $111 million, I think. But, yeah, you're stuck with the boob. Yeah. I mean, poor Deshaun Watson went from Dabo to the boob. Yeah. I At saw- least Dabo wins. True. I mean, he, he you know – is a fucking douche loser, but like he wins football games. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So I looked this up today. You're going to have one, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five or six teams are going to allow fans. This is what I don't get about the NFL. Why don't they just come to some consensus for every team? So it doesn't make any sense to me, right? The Chiefs, Jags, Colts, Cowboys, Dolphins will all be allowed to have fans opening week, but no one else will. Yeah. Like, how is that fair? And it's such minimal amount of fans. I don't understand. Look, you look at baseball and their negotiations for the season in terms of – and I know it's different, but I I believe – when, when that was all going on, they were talking about what percentage of the money comes from fans. And I believe the number in the NFL was 15%. Is that right? I don't know the number, but I know the NFL of their total revenue. Was the was, lowest. Yeah, it's much lower than I, Major League I, Baseball. I, I want to say it was 15% of their money comes from like you know selling tickets, concessions, parking, the whole thing of the fan experience going to the game. If that's the case, it can't be like financially 
profitable to fill 6,000 seats or 15,000 Oh, that's, that's my favorite. So, so the Browns and Bengals are going to be allowed 6,000 spectators. And here's the best part. It's not even for the opening week, at least not for the Bengals. So in October, they're going to do a test run. Again, this is all mandated by the governor and the health officials of the state. They're going to, the Browns and Bengals will each be allowed as a test run. Six, my response to that is this. What does 6,000 fans spread out in a 65,000-seat stadium do? What is the purpose of that? It, it'll feel like the NBA bubble. That, isn't that what 40 people in a small arena, in a small gym, feels like? Yeah, basically. I mean, if the capacity of that gym is 500 people and they put 40 people in it, isn't that what 6,000 fans in a 60,000-seat stadium is? It, it, it just looks like the, the cleanup crew after a concert? Well, exactly. Like, what are you going to make finan- – there's two things I'd ask. It, I, just, I just think it can't be financially profitable. What are you making to, financially? To, like, have to have parking, to have to have whatever. Because, you know, it's, it's like you can't just open – I mean, I know you can open only X amount of concession stands and only X amount of the parking spots and whatever, but you still have to have like security. You got to have security on every ramp and everything just in case one of these fans tries to go in the locker room or whatever. Like you still got to, there's some aspect of your, of your like logistics that you still have to max out but you're only getting 10% of your fans in there. I just can't imagine it's profitable. And then the question is, so why are you doing it? You're not doing it for, it's not going to help crowd noise. It's not going to give you any sort of home field advantage. Is it just to like cater to the 6,000 people in Cleveland who are like, you should, we shouldn't be shutting shit down. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. And, and, and if you're one of those 6,000 people who is going to go to a Bengals game, well, yeah, reevaluate your life. Can you imagine you've been on, we've been in like semi-quarantined since March, and you're like, I got to go to a Bengals game. Justin Wood. I, know. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say somewhere Justin Wood is wearing tiger skin Air Jordans and a tiger tail, and his girlfriend's painting whiskers on his face in preparation for week one. Yeah, uh, I, I don't get it. I was actually talking with a buddy that, about that this weekend. We were laughing, saying, I want to know those 6,000 people who are dying to see a Bengals-Browns home game in October. I got to see Burrow in person. And how are they going to – I assume, obviously, the fans will be spread out. Yeah. I, I, I almost think that the NFL – I mean, not that the NFL's ever been – smart when it comes to like societal issues but like what a great way to like promote the get the sunday ticket stay at home like think about the bigger cause like like you know do an ad campaign that shows the the streets 
of major cities empty on Sunday, that shows the seats empty on Sunday, that shows the bars empty on Sunday, and at the end cuts to everybody in their homes watching Sunday Ticket and just be like, the NFL, we own Sundays, and Sundays we stay home or something like that. You That's know? actually a great idea. But the NFL instead's like, oh, uh, 6,000 anti-maskers can come to the Bengals game. Yeah, you would think that'd be a great marketing push for the Sunday ticket. 100%. Because who, ca- who cares about a socially dis- – like, like, I know for me, that, that experience – right, one of the best things about going to these games is the camaraderie with your fellow fans. When you take that out of it and you take the tailgating out of it, and we've talked about this with college football, when you take the whole experience, because when you go to sports, you don't just go for the game when it's football. Yeah. You, go, you go for the whole experience. You, know, you go to tailgate with the Chabellis at the Rams game. I mean, all that stuff makes football such an enjoyable sport. You take that out of it, I'll just watch I got, I got, I got to wonder which of the six teams that are allowing fans Joe Chabelli is going to become a fan of this year. He's like, fuck the Rams closing their stadium. I'm a Colts fan going to these games. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Shabelli. You think he listens to the show? I think so, because every once in a while I mock him and then I get a direct message. Good kid, though. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. I, I See – I, I, my, my, I try not to pay attention. And especially now after everything with my dad, like I can't even all this stuff. I, I like, can't even get involved because people are just, they're, they're so opinionated. What, 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 what's crazy for me is that businesses still have to put, you have to wear a mask when it's a state law, right? I have no idea. Well, I'm just saying, I've noticed that in California. I've noticed that in Ohio. Every business still has to put that because even though people know it's a law, they still don't want to do it. Yeah. It's just, the whole thing is so ridiculous. Uh, but I will not be going to a Bengals game. Just, I know you were probably wondering that if I was going to I go was. to. I was, I was wondering. A, uh, an October Cincinnati Bengals game. I don't think, you know. Are, you, I, are, you, are you still returning to Los Angeles at some point? Oh, what a mess. Will we have Andy Ruther? Will we have like a, like a, like a goodbye episode? Will we have? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to. Smart studio. So what I'm hoping is. It's so hard to say goodbye. It, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to tell you off air, but I might as well just tell you on air. What I'm hoping is once Walt gets out of the COVID ward and we can maybe see him. Then I'll come back to LA, basically grab my shit, stay for a couple days, and then get back to Cincinnati. But I haven't even—I hadn't even scheduled the movers. Now I was scheduled to move September 23rd, and obviously everything that's happened with my dad has changed everything. Uh, but there could be a chance that I come later and I pay for a full month's rent. It's—it's it's just a. It's kind of, you know, I'm taking it's a shit by, show. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I don't know. But basically, <coughs> basically yeah, I'm going to have to come back, Joe. Yeah. I, I know you were a good friend and offered to get everything arranged. But, you know, I got to 
I got well, you, you were talking about putting all your shit in a pod. I was like, well, you don't need to come back to put your shit in a pod. We had, we can find some manpower for that. Yeah, no, thanks. But, but I'm going to have to come back and, uh, assemble all my stuff briefly. And, uh, it's, you know, what's crazy. I left Cincinnati July 31st, went to St. Louis for a few days and headed to LA. I had to take that, you know, emergency flight back August 31st. I was gone from Cincinnati for exactly 30 days. It feels like I didn't even leave. Yeah. Like I almost feel like I'm in a dream. Like never in my life have I 30 days, like they didn't even happen. Yeah. Was, I, was I ever really back? It's a great question. You're asking the wrong guy. I, I don't know. It seemed like you were there, but it's hard to say for sure. What is reality, Joe? Yeah. I love that you're asking this in front of like a grandfather clock and like a bunch of pictures. <laughs> like you're in, you're in Doc Brown's fucking laboratory. Uh, what is reality? It got really, are you hearing when, when our internet connection is getting bad? I just see you stop and talking. Yeah, that's what, that's what just happened there. You, that was almost surreal because when you said what is reality, it got really slow. You're there, right? I am here. Okay. Well, Joe, I am happy that the NFL season is around, and I am happy to be participating in FanDuel this year. Dirty Sports is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy Guys, sports are back. The NFL is back. Football is right around the corner. It's the perfect time for some fantasy football. And if you've never played FanDuel Fantasy before, now is the time. They're offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Joe, listen to this offer. Even better. For anybody who wants to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our, with our 20% deposit match. How great is that? That is fantastic. It's FanDuel-tastic. I know you like to wager on games, Joe. You like to look at the point spreads. We both do. You like to dabble in a little fantasy there's really not an easier app for the dirt balls to use during this upcoming NFL season than FanDuel. I agree. I, I can't wait to get going. I mean, we, we've been talking about, you know, we're not going to be able to go to games. Just add a layer on to what you usually do at home. Get involved in some FanDuel action. That's right, guys. FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season. Like I just said, no deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the NFL season where you can win real prizes. Who doesn't like free things? I know. And for anyone who wants to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to $500 bonus instantly when you make your deposit with our 20% deposit match. All you need to do, listen up, Dirtballs, write this down, make it happen. Go to FanDuel.com forward slash dirty or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. FanDuel more ways to win. Once again, that's fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Speaking of dirty. Dirty. I don't want to go too far into it, but because it's a, such a sensational, ridiculous story, but he's been the number one trend on Twitter now for 
three hours. I have no idea what you're talking about. This, let's going to use in quotes because she does not look like a model and she's not a model. The Instagram girl who claims that Odell Beckham wanted her to defecate on his chest. Oh, I did not see this. You didn't see this? No. I mean, it's, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm in uh, St. Louis. We're doing, we did a 10 a.m. start here. I basically got up, got coffee, uh, checked the rundown briefly, and I saw Instagram. I saw something about Odell Beckham and Instagram, but the headline did not say anything about the Cleveland Steamers. Well, and then obviously, and then that started trending. This is so funny to me. Cleveland Steamer started trending. Yeah, everybody's making Cleveland Steamer jokes. Okay, <laughs> glad, glad I'm original. He was the number, at least before the show. He was the number one trend in the whole country. It was wow. just Odell. So read, read the. I mean, just read it because I need, like, I need, I need the specifics. I mean, I need word for word from whatever the report is. Where well, was this reported? Well. It, it's. I'm pretty sure it's the same show. No, it's, it's not. It's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. It's not the same guy with the Phoenix Suns girl. But it looks like the same setting, and I could be wrong. I could be a hundred percent wrong. Um, this but, is a, if it is. Now I'm just like, okay. So every week you guys are going to make up some ridiculous story about some athlete. Well, well, that's what I'm trying to get to. This is suspect to me. The woman. I, I don't even find her attractive. I'll be honest. And she claims, I don't, you know, I don't know how to play the audio clip with us being on Zoom, but she basically claims that there was DM exchange. Odell told her not to shower for 24 hours before they met. As if he's into some, you know, dirty stuff. And then, then when they hooked up, he asked her to defecate on his chest. It does said, look like I'm looking at the thing. It does look like. Am I wrong? I'm not, yeah, right, right in that. It's the same set that happens. With the fence? Some, yeah. What is this stupid show? And can we stop pretending that it's a real thing? Like, and they, that's they, what I want to say. I don't think people are. I think more people need to be like us. This is. This is. I'm calling bullshit. They do this at some loading dock. <laughs> they're 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 in a, a, a like they're in a medium security prison for like Instagram hosts. Like when, when people get put in Instagram jail, they get sent to this medium security prison. That's got a, you know, they always say like, Oh, white collar crimes. It's like a country club. Well, apparently white collar collar crimes. If you're a thought means that your jail has a podcast studio. And now we just have, we just have Instagram every week. We're going to have an Instagram hooker story that where they go into this jail cell and they're like, you cannot leave this fenced-in area until you make up the most ridiculous story you can come up with. And they're, he, she's like, I had sex with 10 of the Cleveland Browns. And it's like, we already did the gangbang story. Uh, one of them tried to shit on me. Okay, now we're talking. Was it Baker Mayfield? Uh, no, it was the guy with the hair, Odell. Yeah, Odell tried to shit on me. You're like, come on, is this a Mad Libs for – is this – Instagram thought Mad Libs. Yeah, I'm not buying it. I 100% agree. And actually, I feel bad for Odell. Yeah. Be, be, because this is what I don't like. She, she says this, like we're saying, in this maximum, or I'm sorry, minimum security prison looking set. And she says this, Prano, and this is why I feel bad for the guy. 
it's the number one trend with everything going on, politics, COVID, you name it. The number one trend for hours this morning was just Odell because of this. And I'm not buying it. Not from this. Not if it's happening at this this prison. <laughs> this, is, this is some Oz for thoughts. Instagram thought Oz. I love how you like, keep calling it thoughts. Yeah. It's like the they're just going there and they're like, you're here for your sentence is 12 years unless you come up with a ridiculous story about an athlete. And I'll just, like I said, like, Oh, Dwight Howard gets like to have super soakers filled with piss shot in his mouth. Like mm, not too believable. Uh, Odell Beckham. I swear. It's like, uh, okay. So we're going to need a professional athlete. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, Odell Beckham Jr. likes it when I uh, we're gonna need a disgusting phrase. Uh, poops. Okay, poops. This is Mad Libs. Mad Libs for tots. Yeah, yeah. Imagine him at practice today. He's like, I gotta deal with this. Like every trend and and all these jokes. And everybody's picking it up. Yeah. And also, people making the Cleveland Steamers joke. The Cleveland Browns is just sitting there as well. Like, this is – it really does feel like Mad Libs. I think we need to take power away from these Instagram tots. I'm serious. I still think it's thoughts, Andy. Oh, you keep – oh, oh not, I, I've, I've lost track. It is thoughts? I'm pretty sure it's thoughts. So I, I have this is this is where my by the way my brain is fried I just mentally so basically I I used to pronounce it as tots then knew it was thoughts now I'm so confused I'm thinking it's tots again yeah tater tots Instagram thoughts okay so anyway these Instagram thoughts thank you for correcting me or whatever, or whatever I mean who cares I honestly I believe a tater tot at this point over these chicks they're in a fucking jail cell. <laughs> Why are they in like like why are they in the practice facility for WWE's Rage in the Cage? <laughs> why why does this happen? Why does this happen at a dog pound? And and, and it's excruciating to even watch the the other Instagram thoughts who are interviewing. Why is this happening inside Joe Exotic Zoo? Like why is that where they're <laughs> shooting this? You know, we're going to need a couple new sets for Dirty Sports as we do this show. Where yeah. should we host our podcast? Oh, I don't know. How about the evidence locker of a local police station? <laughs> Seems like a great place. Seems like a good spot for me. It's still better than Doc Brown's TV yeah. room. Yeah. It's still better than my current setup. But we need to take the power away from these women. Uh, where should we host our podcast? How about the, the, the temporarily fenced-in area of a construction site where we keep all the precious metals? Yeah, seems like a good place. Seems like a good spot for our podcast. And look, I don't want to keep dissing this girl, but I, I, I don't, don't – I don't want to keep dissing her either, but she's doing her, she's doing her podcast from a chicken coop. I, no, I'm talking about the, you know, the girl. I don't find her that attractive. She's got trashy tattoos. She's in jail, Andy. She doesn't have that good of a body. I'm just saying, like, Prano, this is what we've come to. You got me sticking up for Odell Beckham Jr. 
Yeah, you should be. This is sacrilegious. This is, this is this is uh this is criminal libel. I mean, these women just they make should, it. They should call Adam Tremble's lawyer. Get get him on their libel case. Oh, it took me a minute. That that took <laughs> that took me a minute. That's really good. Oh, tr- trembly. A little deep cut there. Ooh, trembling. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Odell should respond to this one. This this one's so ridiculous. He should just respond. Yeah. Like I did not ask you to shit on my chest. <laughs> it's so dumb. I, I mean, I honestly couldn't believe when you said it. I was like, oh, this is a thing now that girls are just going to do this. It's the same show. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. It, it is. Minus the guy saying, "What about the nuts?" Yeah. Are you watching any baseball? Yeah. Why? What do the numbers say? I don't do, know. Do the numbers say no one's watching baseball? I'm curious. I was watching until the last week uh, just because of, you know, my week's been crazy. But I just – I feel like no one's talking about baseball. Well, I mean, look, it is a – it's a tough go for baseball right now. I was just thinking about it yesterday. I was thinking we are going to be – in the thick of conference finals, NBA play, N- NHL, whatever, whatever. I don't know where the NHL's at. Did they? Is there a Stanley Cup winner? Did they? The, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are currently happening. It's fine. I don't really care. Um, they, we're going to be in the thick of conference finals basketball when we're at week two, week three, week four of the NFL. How can baseball compete with that? They can't. Until they, they just, find a way to, for Jacob DeGrom to pitch daily, uh, baseball is going to have a tough go of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just – I don't – And I'm a, ba- I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball guy, but I ain't watching – I won't even check in on baseball on Sunday or Monday. Yeah. What a, what a mess. Did you see this uh, – that's our baseball talk. See, what, that's it. That's it. Yeah. We've, I mean, look, you, I, I could go deep and tell you w- w- some great, great things that are happening in baseball. But at the same time, like, I agree with you that baseball had an opportunity and they blew it. Baseball should have started. Baseball should have used the last dance as a fucking lead in. They should have had opening night of baseball happen. ESPN, Sunday night baseball. Right after the last dance, they blew it. Yeah. So it's like my football coach told me varsity year when I missed an interception in garbage time. And the guy took the ball away from me, knocked me to the ground, and walked into the end zone. He said, Ruther, you had your chance and you blew it. Which my family loves that. Baseball, you had your chance and you blew it. Yeah, coach said that to my face. We need a meme of that. We need, we need a meme of, of you on the ground in your oversized football pads and it just says MLB over you. <laughs> a, a, a receiver catching a ball, him say, his says football, and, and your football saying, Ruther's chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's been a, a Ruther family favorite. Me going to the sideline and the coach going, Ruther, you had your chance and you blew it. 
Okay, thanks, Coach. I'm going to go uh, play in traffic now <laughs> and go back to sitting on the bench. Uh, I want to talk about this. Is it – how do you pronounce his name? The, the tennis player. Novak Djokovic. Novak Djokovic. This was pretty wild. Yeah. He, he neck-shotted somebody. He went full Liam Neeson. He, he John Wicked somebody with a tennis ball. So he's the number one. Some Bond shit. He's the number one player in the neck. He's the number one player in the world. He was disqualified from the U.S. Open in your neck of the woods uh, in in New York, Queens, uh, right right across the street from from City City Field. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, he deserved the disqualification. It wasn't voluntary, but he hit a line judge, like you're saying, in the throat. But I have watched this so many times. I think it's an overreaction by her. You know what? I do too. But maybe he's a dick. And she was like, fuck this dude. I'm well, he is. A, he, but like, she was grabbing her throat. She was like, I've, I've rewatched it so many times. I'm like, how hard did he hit the tennis ball? Did, well, it, did it warrant that reaction? Well, here's the thing. And, and I, I wonder too. If it had if it had hit you know on the side and grazed off and she isn't she isn't choking, does he still get disqualified, or did it become a thing because she went down so long and then they go oh there is a thing that you can't hit a line judge and whatever, like I I mean I think this is I think she, uh, did she oversold it seems like she oversold it but like you've been hit in the throat it doesn't feel good. If you get hit dead on, like it, there is this clinching reaction where like you can't breathe. And so if she couldn't breathe, maybe she's not overreacting. You know, I I don't know. Maybe he's a dick and she wanted to sell it. The, the fact remains, it kind of sucks for a number of reasons. One that because of COVID, the other two greatest of all time, in Nadal and Federer aren't even playing. Uh, that that's the big three in tennis. I mean, they're the big three forever. Like, I, I'm not a big tennis guy, but like, if you look at all of the major titles won, Grand Slams, all the blah blah blah. Like, we're we're talking about LeBron and Michael and Kareem, you know, and LeBron and Michael are sitting out. And Kareem's playing, and now Kareem's been thrown out of the tournament. So it's kind of wide open now, but you really all your start. I, I was talking to Tug about it last week. Uh, I said, you know, do you want to do any U.S. Open talk? And he said, Nadal and Federer are out. Uh, Djokovic is even money to win this thing. It's not really that exciting. Now, obviously, it's becoming exciting that he is out. Yeah. But – but it's also pretty controversial in how it happened. That's one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see in sports. Yeah. Dis- but also, like, why the fuck are you doing it? Because you, lo- you lost the set or lost yeah. the, 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 the game? I mean, he's upset. He's just hitting the ball away. Yeah. They're, usually they hit it into the fucking crowd. The entire stadium's open. True. Hit it right at somebody. Hit it out the stadium, bro. Yeah. Hit, hit somebody in the neck. You got a fucking tennis ball in your neck. Yeah, I just I th- I felt, and you're right, and I understand that this poor have- lady laying on 
the quarter at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And Novak he, Djokovic over her. You got a fucking tennis ball in your neck. Poor Karen. Uh, poor water. Karen just gasping for air. Have some water. You've got a tennis ball in your fucking neck. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was weird because then they meet and then they kick him out and it's an empty stadium. So it's just dead silence. I mean, that's one of the weirder things I've seen in sports, though. Yeah. That's up there. Yeah. Oh, can we, we got to do, just because he's such a shithead generally, we got to shout out one of the shittiest shitheads of all time. I think I've got it in here somewhere. Did you see, did you see this? You know Mark Berman from the New York Post, all-around terrible sports writer guy? I'm not as familiar with him, to be honest. Novak Djokovic's excessive punishment is terrible for U.S. Open. That's what he writes there, as you can see that. Same author, shit dick. Oh, I saw this. Uh, Serena acted like a sore loser. Like, Mark Berman, fucking stay out of it, you dumb shit. He's always been such a fucking C-word. Cunt? Yeah, that's the one I was going for. I don't know what we're allowed to say anymore. Canceled. We did 20 minutes on Odell Beckham possibly getting shitting on it. Well, we so. defended him. So, yeah. I love how you're like Cleveland Steamers, and I'm like everyone's making that joke. Yeah, yeah. What do you? What do you? But do? you're right. You're right. The Browns, as an organization, are the Cleveland Steamer. Yeah. <laughs> I saw uh, ESPN did real quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show. They did like 20,000 simulations, which I love these simulations that never pan out. Regular season playoffs for NFL. They had Cowboys, Chiefs, Super Bowl, and the Chiefs like rolling over the Cowboys. Isn't that your, isn't that your Super Bowl prediction from last year? <laughs> <laughs> or are you Cowboys Patriots? Those Cowboys Patriots. Oh, what a bad <laughs> fucking pick. <laughs> We'll do a preview on uh, Thursday. I know everybody's bonering out over the Cowboys these days, but all I'm going to say is Mike McCarthy. Well, and I also agree. We've said this on the show. Let me ask you something right now, Andy. Everybody was shitting on LaFleur last year. Everybody on the Aaron Rodgers is a choker. Everybody on – do the Cowboys have even, not better than, the Cowboys even have as good a record as year one Rodgers LaFleur? Which I believe was 13 and three? No, they won't. No, they won't. And I, I think I was going to say before you said that, I stand by this, and I'm not a fan of his, as Turpals know, who go way back. I don't think there's that much of a drop-off from Dak Prescott, he got injured, to Andy Dalton. So that's good for the Cowboys. Yeah, no, it is. But, but my point is, I don't like – it's also interesting. That's where I kind of value – and I like Dak. But my point is, there's definitely a drop-off. I don't think there's that big of one when you have the talent that they have. Well, you also got – again, this is the NFL, the, the, the NFL payroll game. There's certainly not a 95% drop-off, right? And one guy's getting $3 million and the other guy's asking for 30 plus a year. 
Yeah. Like, you know, I know Dak, I know the whole thing is every quarterback who signs a deal is going to sign the next biggest deal, but the market has been set. Deshaun Watson didn't get more money than Patrick Mahomes. But he, is the, Mahomes. Se- he is the second highest paid right. guy now. Right. I, does, anybody, does anybody think that Dak Prescott deserves to earn more money than Deshaun Watson? I would hope not. I would hope not too, in, including Cowboys fans. Yeah. I mean, they're not even close. You call the Cowboys up right now and you say, we'll trade you Deshaun Watson for Dak Prescott. They're like, they'll, they go, we'll take it. No back season. They'll hang up on you. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien just might do that because he's a fucking boob. Sure. Well, we'll break it all down on Thursday. We'll do a full NFL 2020 preview. I can't believe it's here. I know. It's crazy. And it's you'll happening. Be, you'll be back in Los Angeles? I will be, yeah. We might have yeah. to do a little bit later on Thursday for all you dirtballs who like to tune in uh, live. I have, I have a physical therapy appointment Thursday morning, but we'll, we'll make it happen. Cool. All right, well, that's the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. And, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for all the very kind messages. Much love and much uh, appreciation to you guys. We're, we're thinking about you, Andy. We're uh, hoping for the best. We're hoping for Walt to come out the other side just as, just as angry and, uh, and, you know, prickly as ever. We want Walt back in, uh, in the house. We, went, we, you know, we hope we haven't seen the last video of Walt standing at the end of the driveway, staring out into nothingness. We're, we're, we're all looking forward for the return of Walt. Appreciate that, and I am too. Yeah. Uh, anything else from your end, Joe? No. Uh, we'll be back, be back in uh, L.A. on Thursday, and uh, we'll, keep this, we'll keep this dirty sports train rolling. Uh, we'll keep watching these NBA playoffs. We'll keep watching. We'll, we'll start watching the NFL on Thursday. We're about to hit, you know, for all the times we went through of, uh, of, of down sports times where we're, we're talking about Black Lives Matter and COVID and the Michael Jordan propaganda films. We're about to have Eastern and Western Conference basketball, opening weeks of the NFL, last days of baseball. It's about to get real exciting. Yeah, we're going to have a full plate of sports, that's for sure. All right, guys, thank you for the support. Thank you for listening to the show. Have a great week, and as always, stay dirty.